Hey everyone and welcome to another week of Church on the Sofa. It's great to have you with us. Uh, particularly warm welcome if you are new watching along with us or this is one of your first times. We'd really like to get to know you better. Uh, so if you haven't already been in touch or you don't already uh, know us very well then please do drop us an email at the email address that will pop up at the end of this video. We'd love to get to know you, maybe have a chat or just uh, find out where you're from um, and who you are. So please, please do get in touch if that if that's you. We're going to hear from Steve shortly uh, on the 11th part of our Hebrew series, Jesus is All. It's going to be a cracking message. I'm really looking forward to it and I hope you are too. Uh, but before we hear from Steve, uh, I just wanted to pick up on something that Steve included in his midweek message this week. Uh, the email that goes out to people who signed up for the church um, about just reaching out to uh, people in this time of lockdown 2.0 when we can't get in touch with people, we can't see people as frequently as we might be able to and we can't do it in the same ways and we can't do it in the same numbers. Um, so I just wanted to encourage you maybe today or in the next couple of days um, just to prayerfully consider who might be blessed from hearing from you. Uh, who could you send a message and just say, I'm thinking of you or I miss you. Uh, you don't need to uh, enter into a long conversation necessarily or ask a load of questions, but uh, who can you encourage this week by just letting them know that you're thinking of them? Without further ado now, I'm going to hand over to Steve, who is going to take us through this uh, next message. Over to you, Steve. Good morning. Here we are. We've arrived at week 11 of our Hebrews series. There are just two more left over the next couple of weeks. But here we are now arriving at the final straight in this uh, sermon by post, which effectively it was. Here we get to see it reach a crescendo of what the writer to the Hebrews has been planning all along to ensure that the listeners and now we fully grasp the key to life in Christ. The second half of chapter 10 that we're going to be looking at in a moment and in all of chapter 11 is the culmination and the final kind of encouragement that sum up all these glorious truths. And then over the next fortnight, uh, chapters 12 and 13, we'll finish with a more practical outworking of that to not grow weary and to know what it means to live practically in the light of Jesus being all and the hope that he gives us. Uh, so today before we hit that kind of two-part practical finale if you like, today um, we're going to be enjoying the writer hammering home this final overarching truth that he shares that he wants to insist upon that since Jesus is always the one in whom we can know God's rule and his intimacy, that he, Jesus, is the better place of rest, that he is the better high priest between faithful God and unfaithful man, that he's the bringer of the better covenant between them, that he is the best sacrifice in which we can find our immediate cleansing and our ultimate healing. Because of all of this and more, we can therefore have utter confidence to draw near to him and to not shrink back whatever we may face 
in this life. And those are the two things I want to focus on this morning. Firstly, about drawing near, drawing near to God in confidence in that holy place, confidence because of what Jesus has done, drawing near and secondly about not shrinking back. One, drawing near speaks to our inner world, drawing near to God. The other, not shrinking back, refers to our response to the outer world and uh, the first one, drawing near to him, affects how we stand and how we don't shrink back regardless of what's happening around us. So this is what we're going to look at. Uh, without further ado, let's look at the first one, drawing near. We're going to be starting with verse 19 of chapter 10 and straight away the uh, author is pressing on that button of embracing all these truths that we've been taken on board over the past two months and so realizing that we now have no reason not to enter God's holy presence with complete confidence which is made possible by Jesus. Let's just read the first um, five verses of this segment it'll be verses 19 through to verse 24 from Hebrews this is what he says therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh and since we have a great priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And on he continues in light of that. You see, over the past month, I've been building some decking along the side of our house. And it's been a number of painstaking Saturday afternoons, quite often in the rain. Uh, I've been putting joists and posts in place. There's been lots of measuring and cutting and damp proofing and chiseling away at unhelpful concrete that's in the way. Uh, I've been checking my plans over and over and ensuring it's all at the, the careful, correct slope for rain to run off and to be certain that the final installation, when it, when it is in place, will be sure and lasting. Now, I'm finally at the point where I get to do the easier and even more wonderful bit where the actual decking itself on top is laid down on that structure for me, Jenny and Amy to enjoy. The previous... Uh, nine and a half chapters of this book have been building that structure, checking the angles, checking the plans, measuring, cutting, removing, hammering, and now we're at the point where it all clicks into place. He says, first word of that verse 19, therefore, because of everything that you've heard, therefore, he then gives us three exhortations, three encouraging pleas. He says, let us do this, let us do that. These are what Bob Benson would call the three lettuces. Uh, you can blame him for that joke. But the three lettuces are in uh, verse 22. He says, let us draw near. Verse 23, he says, then so let us hold fast the confession of our hope. And then verse 24, there's a practicality. Let us stir up one another to love and good works because of all this. And it's this initial command that strikes at the heart of what's vitally at stake in it all. Let us draw near with confidence because of all that we have heard and all that we have learned. That means to approach awesome God without fear, 
knowing that we can hold fast to what we confess about him, not because of our human determination to do so, but because he, as verse 23 points out, he who promised is faithful. He's saying if Jesus's priesthood and sacrifice are sufficient and permanent, then I can't not lean on that. This is our hearts are sprinkled clean. Verse 22. This, all of this is the, the, this, the final beautiful installation that the structure has been preparing us for because it's true and because it changes everything for us. Both in our inner world, the confidence to stand before holy God, and therefore it affects our outer world, the confidence to stand with holy God. It says, let us draw near, because that's where the key to all this is, because of all you've heard makes that possible. Maybe you do, nevertheless, struggle to draw near to God, to even know what that means. Maybe uh, a sense of guilt or a sense of shame holds you back because of what you've done or how you feel. Here, the writer has gone to great pains to show us that Jesus cleanses us in his blood. Because of his sacrifice, you no longer carry guilt or shame. If you repented of your sins and turned to him as your saviour, you are clean. You are washed clean. Full stop. No ifs, no buts. Remember what Pete said last week. I'll quote him. He says that all the priests, and therefore us ourselves today, all the priests try to remove sin again and again without success. Jesus steps onto the stage and does it in one go, then drops the mic. It is finished. We can cherish what Jesus has done and draw near in confidence, despite how you feel because of what he's done. But again, maybe just a lack of intimacy evades you to even know that intimacy in your prayer times. We can all find our prayer lives somewhat perfunctory, going through the motions, somewhat bland and dry. I get that as well. To draw near to him, leaning on that confidence of Jesus's relationship with the Father and believing that even if I don't feel like it, the truth is that relationship with the Father is now mine too. Because of Jesus, even if you don't feel like it, the relationship that Jesus has with the Father is now yours too. And the more we do that, the more we will know that intimacy. Sometimes it takes time. All relationships build when it comes to ta a tangible closeness and affection. And they can ebb and flow as well. It, but it's available for all of us. Imagine an adopted child coming to their forever home for the first time. It's going to take time for that trust to build with their new legal forever parents. Whether they feel like it or not, it doesn't change the fact that that child now belongs and is now loved. It just makes time for it to reach their heart from their head. And it's the same for us. I'll be talking about that a little bit more just towards the end, but drawing near in utter confidence because of God's own faithfulness is our privilege and it's our joy. That holy of holies, which by rights we should be put to death on site for even attempting to approach, is now ours to enter by right because we're his. This is the reality of our new inner world. And this then affects our response to our outer one. 
which comes to the second point about not shrinking back because as verse 10 oh, sorry chapter 10 continues towards the end of verse 39 and then into the first verse of chapter 11 the author shows us the great consequence of what it means to have drawn near because from verse 32 he lists examples to his um, listeners of the hardships that this audience of his has been facing when they first became believers this they've been through suffering they've been through reproach they've been through affliction it even says some of you have been joyfully accepting the plundering of your property that's something to get your head around but he says to them we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls was he pointing to their amazing willpower or self-sufficiency of course not because in verse 1 of chapter 11 he continues now faith is the assurance of things hoped for it's the conviction of things not seen he's presenting this as an encouragement that the hearers had been sustained by their initial blaze of faith that when they first believed in Jesus it was their keeping their eyes on him as everything that enabled them to stand firm and remain joyful in hardship he's saying their faith in Jesus that sure and steadfast anchor of the soul to cling to when the immediate uh, material world around them was so antagonistic and violent clinging to him that was what kept them safe and now he's writing to ensure that they don't lose their grasp of that and to continue in the same manner he said don't let go draw near look to him our lives and livelihoods today may not be under attack our lifestyle as believers may be chipped away at our lives and livelihoods aren't under attack in this nation uh, many other believers around the world it is so for them but for us we may not be facing that in the same way but we nevertheless we face things in life that can make us wobble regardless yeah, illness and uh, losing loved ones and job security and so on uncertainty is an inevitable part of what it means to be a human in a broken world I've just got to look at 2020 for example but it's when we take our eyes off Jesus himself that's when we stumble and trip and drawing near to the holy place because of Jesus's works that's what keeps us unshakable it's him not us so the writer he's helping us and the original audience grasp this more easily by then spending a whole chapter all of chapter 11 giving examples of those who have gone before us people who have demonstrated what it means to draw near to God and therefore not shrink back from the hardships of life their knowing God and his eternal hope that's what gave them a radically different perspective and response to the now chapter 11 is a renowned hall of fame and we don't have time to work our way through it uh, with a fine toothpick um, but go back and read it to yourself later there, there you're going to find the likes of uh, Noah for example verse 7 uh, this guy who having heeded God's warning about a coming righteous judgment he looked like a fool to everyone else around him in the now until it started raining you got Abraham from verse 8 onwards there's a guy who left his home in what we would now call modern day Iraq left his home to find his promised better future inheritance somewhere else why because he was looking forward to a heavenly city with surer foundations than anything that this life could offer from verse 23 onwards you've got Moses someone who chose to be affiliated with God's people 
and all of God's future promises over them instead of the fleeting pleasures of sin that the now had to offer him. You got in verse 31 Rahab, this woman in Jericho who was not Jewish herself, but she she joined the family, ended up in Jesus's genealogy. This woman saw in the Jewish people an intimacy and a certain hope in the true living God that her people could never offer and she chose a better future hope to cling to instead of what was purely physical around her and ironically shortly after came tumbling down. Verse 32 onwards uh, through the rest of chapter 11 that the writer continues detailing uh, in broad sweeps about the judges and the kings and the prophets these leaders who between them they conquered unfaithful kingdoms they embodied God's justice they experienced ridiculous miracles all because their hope was not in their abilities or knowledge nor in the now but they had an internal security that God promised them and they trusted it was their drawing near to the true living God that enabled them to not shrink back now I've got a note that the writer throughout chapter 11 he goes at great pains to remind us that these people didn't receive their full reward in this life and many of them in fact they met difficult and horrific endings because of their faith plus of course they didn't have the huge benefit of having seen Jesus himself God himself fulfill God's ultimate promise of a better covenant and a better sacrifice that's even better or best way in fact of knowing God we today we've got no excuse we are on the receiving end of that and so the writer is not promising come to Jesus and your life will be easy but what he is promising is that because of all that we have learned about Jesus our natural inclination once we truly seize hold of that is to not shrink back but to gladly stand firm safe in the knowledge of God's perfect promises he finishes chapter 11 with a reminder that if God's promises to those people were enough to give them faith then let's take a look at what we do have in Jesus and uh, verse uh, 40 in fact verse 39 he said and all these though commended through their faith did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us they should not be made perfect we discover here that we the church we are the culmination of what God had promised those heroes heroes who had gone before us and we discover that we are in an even more privileged place than them and that we get to know him in a way they never could at the time because that part of God's rescue plan was still to unfold we're on the other side of it and we get to enjoy it now this is very sobering to me that I'm on the receiving end of more immediate blessing and getting to know Christ intimately now than my brothers and sisters even had 3,000 years ago. And yet I can think my life is difficult compared to them and many millions, in fact, of believers around the world today elsewhere. Compared to them, the things I've faced for being a believer are not wounds. They're just paper cuts. It can hurt, but it's far less. That isn't, though, to dismiss all the other difficult things we do still face, like I mentioned before, illness and security and so on. But it does give me perspective. But nevertheless, what I do know is this, that whatever I face, whether as a Christian or simply as a human in a broken world, 
I do have a sure and steadfast anchor in Jesus, this perfect, immovable hope to cling to. And knowing him more will only fortify my faith in whatever may try to shake me. So, let us draw near to him and therefore not shrink back. How do we do that? It's not by going to church more, nor is it by doing more good things. Drawing near is not about a physical movement from one place to another, nor is it um, by achieving anything in our abilities at all. It's a turning of your heart. It's a turning of your attention and attitude and desires. It's not a physical achievement, but it is a choice. Now, John Owen, just to finish, he was one of the Puritans. He was a church leader in the 17th century. And he, in fact, uh, he wrote a seven volume commentary on Hebrews as it happens. But in the midst of great pressures and in fact, in the middle of illness, he once wrote to a friend and this is what he said. Christ is our best friend and ere long will be our only friend. I pray God with all my heart that I may be weary of everything else but converse and communion with him. And about this communion, this friendship with God, he also said, friendship is most maintained and kept up by visits. And these, the more free and less occasioned by urgent business. John Owen knew that communing with God himself, drawing near, was where he would find true friendship and intimacy and safety. And that was simply found in regular, uninterrupted time spent together. Let us draw near to him with utter confidence in what Jesus has secured for us. And there we will find that we are not ones to shrink back. Whatever life throws our way, whatever is asked of us, because our eyes will be fixed on Jesus, which is exactly something that Martin Segal will talk about next week. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you have made a way. We thank you that you have made it even remotely possible for us to stand before you, cleansed and pure with utter confidence, not in our works, but in yours. Jesus, we thank you and celebrate you as our better sacrifice, as our best high priest, as the bringer of the best covenant for making this way possible. We thank you that we can stand before you unhindered, made holy and being made holy, saved and being saved, we are safe in you and we thank you so much. Help us. Help this truth. Sometimes it's hard to grasp hold of. Help this truth just to ram home in our hearts. Help it to seep into our very souls, into our very being. That We can know you more. We can enjoy intimacy with you even more. And we can be ones who are happily, easily drawn near, but ones who therefore do not shrink back whatever comes our way. And let everything we do point to you and give you glory. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Steve. I think the best way to respond to that message is to do exactly that. It is to draw near to our Father, to turn our hearts and our attention, uh, our attitudes and our desires to him. Um, so I'd encourage you, whether you're going to do it uh, right now when this message finishes um, or whether you're going to do it a little bit later on. Um, but let's uh, just take some time uh, in a 
distraction free or as distraction free environment as we can find um, to draw near to our father to turn off our phones uh, turn off the ringer uh, close the door um, maybe if you've got young children uh, once they've gone to bed uh, I don't know but let's just uh, find find some time to draw near to him to turn our turn our hearts turn our minds to him um, and re really let, let's actively respond to that by making a conscious decision uh, to draw near to our father I pray that you have a blessed week this week um, do get in touch uh, if you have any prayer requests um, or you want to hear a bit more from about uh, Beacon Church if you are one of those new people I mentioned earlier in the video um, and we'll see you again real soon take care